right, guys. Well, welcome to a Instant Adventurous podcast, a bit un- more unconventional than what we've done. This is not going to be a uh, D&D session, unfortunately. We've had a few players pull out. Well, I say pull out. They've uh, not died as such. They're just not here. Um, so it's going to be myself, Shannon Frank, your smooth DM. And joining me are my fellow DMs, Michael and Lungs, who are playing Grug and Verde. Um, today, we're just going to be doing a bit of a chat. Just have a, you know, a raw, a raw, raw dogging it out, raw sit down. Um, you're going to get to learn a bit about us and how we got into DMing. Well, hi guys. How are you on? Hey, not too bad. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Today's been, fuck, it's hot at the moment. Oh. Nice balmy. Welcome to Australia. 37 degrees in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow's supposed to be a bit wet. It's supposed to be 40 tomorrow. I'm still reeling from the 43 we had uh, a oh, week ago. I'm just glad I worked. I'm freaking ringing because I wanted my landlords to put in a screen door and they still haven't done it. I asked them months ago. Oh, I, got it. I just picked up a portable air conditioning unit. Oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I'm, I consider myself very fortunate that I live in a house that has um, ducted air conditioning, so it's ducted throughout the whole house. Very nice. But oh, not, in the, not in where I'm currently <laughs> sitting. It is hot as balls. Um, yeah, so I guess, look, look, we'll just jump in straight into it. So, yeah, today we're going to be talking a bit about, um, how we got into DMing and just a bit of a story around that. Um, I guess, look, I'll start a bit with myself. Uh, look, I started DMing back in about 2013, glory days, uh, sort of on the tail end of a fourth edition, which is actually what I started with. Um, I'd heard about Dungeons and Dragons from school, uh, though had not really didn't know anyone that played it. I only heard it sort of in name only. I didn't know anyone that had played it in school or and anyone who's even particularly interested in it. I just sort of Googled it at one point and was like, oh, this looks interesting. Um, went to my local game store and uh, luckily found a guy there who literally the only guy who knew about role playing games in that game store. Because, uh, again, wasn't particularly popular around that time. Um, fourth edition, for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with it. Uh, most consider it to be a bit of a flop, though it definitely had its merits. Um, I didn't actually start with the fourth edition as such. I started with the Essentials box, which was kind of a, I don't know, what do you call a dumbed-down version? Starter uh, kit. Yeah. Yeah, like, it didn't have a lot. It didn't have, like, it wasn't a full player's handbook. It was kind of like an A5 books that came with the box, and I bought, like, a couple of additional add-ons that had, like, like, it only had the basic classes in it to begin with, and then I had to buy the additional books that had, like, Paladin and Ranger and stuff in them. I remember being thinking, like, oh, this is what D&D is, and then um, I bought, like, a DM's Essentials kit as well, which came with, like, a bunch of tokens and adventure and stuff. I actually still got the maps from it, surprisingly, though I've never used them. I've got um, them. I just got to figure out where they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, on- honestly, those tokens, though, the tokens I got with the 4th edition DM's Essentials box, I've used those throughout my whole- like, every time I've DM'd, like, they've been fantastic- investment over the years. I'm surprised how much longevity I've gotten out of them. It's definitely a good thing to get, even if you're not just starting out, just getting the, the, just the full range helps out a lot. Yeah. Look, I, I actually kind of wish that they would bring, I mean, I know they've got obviously like the DM, um, like you've got your essentials miniatures now that they've brought out, which there was nothing like that when I started playing. But um, yeah, look, those, those tokens, I've, I, I can't, can't remember how much use I've gotten out of them over the years. Uh, I kind of wish they'd bring something out similar because I'd totally buy it again. Because I mean, like, I love miniatures. I just don't have time to paint them, though. I'm not, I'm not really someone who's going to sit down and spend hours painting away. I've got other things to do, unfortunately. It's a big commitment, especially if you want to want it to look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the the not so easy route. Decided to get the 3D printer, 
I'm going to be printing a ton of them out, but that's just because I like I'm I'm the miniature guy. You're just you're just, you're just a sucker <laughs> for paint, aren't you, Michael? Oh, I mean, I love painting things. So <laughs> that's a pain, not paint. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, of course I am. You know. You're gonna sit there and you're gonna wait for it to print, and then you're gonna sit down. And you're gonna paint them all. What's well, so you're gonna you're gonna coat them all first, and then you're gonna paint them, and then you're gonna highlight them. <laughs> hey, at fifty cents a mini. Look, you can't argue with that. I will agree. That's about That's pretty good. Yeah, that it's a, it's good. a it's a investment at the start, but once it gets going, it gets going. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Like, I'm looking forward to eventually printing out my 12-inch Tiamat. That's that's going to be pretty cool. I will admit, I've seen a few. I've, I've have you, you've seen the you've seen the official one that they released? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty wicked. I'd, I'd be pretty stoked with that, though. I'd fuck painting that to be honest. Oh, that's why I'm that's why I'm trying try my hand at airbrushing first. There's a yeah, lot to go okay. into. A lot to go yeah. Into. Remember when I looked at getting to Warhammer at one point? Dear God. Um, oh man, I've the, just been putting together all my old stuff. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four days looking, later. <laughs> yeah, I think what really turned me, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I realized that I have to assemble the miniatures myself. And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm having a look at some of the stuff that I've used to do, and then having a look at some stuff I'm currently doing. I'm like, how did I go from this really cool one to go back to terrible to go, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. You've had a de-evolution and then it's improved again. Somehow. Somehow. I mean, honestly, it might have just been time, depending if you've left it, like, a while between paints and then you kind of come back to it and you've sort of forgotten a bit about how to do it. It's like anything. If you stop doing it for a while, you just, you kind of forget what you what you need to do. Yeah, I, I think it was more me just being super particular. <laughs> no, that's understandable, too. Yeah, Um. I, look, uh, so back to, I mean... With with my own demo, I remember I got how I got into it was um, yeah I went to my game shop and I was talking to this guy. His name was Richard at the time. He was said he was the only guy in the store that knew anything about tabletop. Well, RPGs. What's his name now? Well, he's still Richard. He's still Richard. He's not like he's, he's not like he transitioned or anything. Like right, he's still right. Richard. He he just moved away. Like he, <laughs> he didn't die. Um, I, I, even though I'm sort of talking about him in the past tense. Uh, no, no, he was, um, he was really good, like, but he wasn't, he wasn't, by any means, he was not a 4th edition guy, like, he was, um, like, he was one of, like, those people that were like, nah, man, 4th edition is absolutely shit. Um, but he was a massive old school guy, like, he was super into, like, his, um, like, uh, like, like, OD&D and, like, his second, second edition and stuff. Actually, he, no, 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 sorry, he was even, he was even against second edition, like, he was hardcore into that, like, like, there is OD&D or there is nothing, like, he had, like, his own homebrew version that he ran, um, but that's all he ran, like, he didn't, he didn't touch, like, any of the other editions, which I didn't, I obviously didn't find it particularly weird, because I didn't know anything else about the other editions at the time, I'm just like, oh, this game looks cool, sure, I'll buy this one. Um, remember taking it home and being like reading through the rules and was like, shit, okay, well, how, you know, I'm going to get some people together through this. And so I contacted one of my friends and was like, Hey man, you interested in playing this thing? He's like, Oh yeah, I've kind of heard about that. He, he was, he was from interstate. So mind you, this was growing up in Tasmania, Tasmania, small, as small as shit as for those people who don't know. It's like 12 uh, people who live there. It's about that. No, Look, on, <laughs> honestly, the whole state had, I mean, at that stage living less than that, but like even now, like the whole state only has less than half a million people living in it. Like, that's not in a city, that's in the whole state. Less than half a million people. So, 2013, I think it was, like, like 350,000 or something that were living there at the time. So, again, very small. Like, like less than most populations of major city centres. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're like a, I mean, well, like Parramatta down the road has more people than the entire state of Tasmania. 
So very small. Um, there was legitimately only one game store in like we had like I you know I I went I used to travel to the capital city of Tasmania, which was Hobart at the time. Well, I mean, it still is. Um, and there was only one game store in the whole state. Like, so in, in that whole city, there was one game store that you could buy, like, all your hobby and tabletop stuff from. I remember the, when that was the case, when you had to go up to Campbelltown from Wollongong. It was just mm. like... It's because it's where all the white people live. <laughs> or all the bogans as well, I guess. Um, no offense to people from Campbelltown. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember I had this one Shot friend, fire. and he was like, yeah, we're, we got into it. Um, I remember the red box that we got for 4th edition. It actually... The adventure... I mean, it was really weird, because it was... It, so, like fifth, unlike 5th edition where, you know, you, you create a character, the whole first section of the book is dedicated to creating a character. In fact, most of the book is dedicated to making a character. Um, the 4E Essentials Guide had something really weird. It was, you created an advent, you created a character through an adventure. So basically, you started playing an adventure and you created a character as you went along. Which was weird. I'd never encountered that before, but obviously that was, I didn't know any better because that was my first experience with a tabletop RPG. Um, and so I remember we both did this and then we had a few more people like sort of that got interested. And so I tried putting a bit of a group together. Um, now for you, these, those who don't know, I grew up in a, uh, ultra conservative religious family. And so, um, the first time I actually sat down to D and D, I got all my friends around. We spent like most people because, you know, we, we all want to make our own characters. We spent the first, fuck, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour making characters <laughs> because no one has any idea what they're doing. And I don't know if you've tried making a character in fourth edition with no knowledge. It's not easy. Um, I mean, the thing that... It, I liked the whole online builder that Wizards had, but what was so annoying hmm. is the fact... I didn't know about that at the time, to be oh, honest. Yeah, I mean, my mates and I, we just decided, you know what? Each of us will we'll buy one account, and each of us would just chip in. Yeah, ended up being like oh, five bucks per person for a full year of subscription. Yeah, yeah. I do. I I think later on I found out about like all these online tools they had, but I was a teenager at the time and had no money oh. to put towards it. So I'm just like, I Whoop. do. I do have I to think, say I, mean, I didn't like the fact that it was like, oh, we're closing this now. You can no longer export any of your characters. Yeah, it would have not been nice. To yeah, if they I do find like, it shitty. Gave you an option to just still export, but then gave you a date of when these will no longer be available. They just updated it. Yeah, they just cut it off. Yeah, I do. I do remember because, like, I remember reading a lot of really good, like, even a lot of um, when Wizards overhauled their website, they um, they deleted a lot of a lot of old like four E articles and stuff. It just all vanished. You just can't find it anymore, and it's like. I remember because I, I had bookmarks and stuff to that kind of thing because that, that's how I was learning to try and get better when I was playing. I was just like, how do I, you know, how, how do I try and improve my story? How do I write these things? I think, yeah, all those articles are gone now. I don't know if they're still, I'm sure you can, they've probably still got them archived somewhere, but they're, they're fucking hard to find. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I got my, you know, I got all my friends around and I think, remember it was like a, it must have been like a Sunday afternoon or something. Um. After church, we all got round at my place and we, we sat down to play. We spent an hour making characters, as I said. Um, and legit, so, so I open the adventure. I start telling them what's going on. I'm like, okay, so, you know, like, you guys are walking down a road and there's, you see a tower off in the distance. Oh, so I had this, like, I had written my own adventure. I wasn't using, like, pre-made material. I, I decided that I was going to write an adventure. This, you know, having no DM experience, no previous game knowledge, just like, no, 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 I don't want to use the one that I've given. I'm going to write my own adventure. And I thought it was the shit. 
Uh, so I'm like, <laughs> you're going down a road, you see a tower. And I introduced one of the other players with the idea that he's like, he'd been attacked and he was on the road. So he was on like, he was unconscious, you know, like he, I started, I started one of the other players off unconscious. And then the other ones came in, we're going to fight goblins. And so I'm like, okay, you go in, you see a tower, you see a man laying on the road and he's surrounded by goblins. And the friend's like, all right, you know, we, we run in, we attack the goblins. And at this moment, my mum goes, goblins? Oh, that, goblins are demonic. And I'm like, <laughs> we, we, we all, we all like, the room went silent. Because we're like, we're all from the same, we were all from the same church. And so, like, the, my, the, the church, you know, like, much like many back in the day, you know, they had this whole stigma around Dungeons and Dragons that it was this, you know, everyone's getting around and summoning demons and doing like culty shit. So I guess, and that, that wasn't, that was in like the literature that they'd received with that. Um, for those who don't know, my, uh, my family's a Jehovah's Witnesses, if you guys are interested. Um, so they had that like there. So I didn't know about that, to be honest, because this was well before my time. This was back in the eighties. Um, and so, <laughs> so the whole room goes quiet. And we're all just sitting there like, shit, what do we do now? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, well, well, you know, but we're killing them. And she's like, I don't care. They're still demonic. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. And literally the game fell apart from there. Like we didn't actually continue playing. So we, we spent an hour making characters and we played for probably 10 minutes. And after that, I probably did not touch D&D for a oh, good, probably, yeah, I, I honestly didn't touch D&D again for probably a good two years. And that was after I was working full time and I managed to find myself a Pathfinder group that were playing online. And I played in that group for probably a good year before I actually I started say, DMing again. I have to say, I've had, um, and but, I know I managed to had a similar experience with a grandma. Oh, really? But... They played it off by having uh, all of the characters be full Deus Fault, you know, strike down the devil. <laughs> and she was there for one <laughs> session, watched them yeah. like sp- scream praises to God and strike, attack the devil. <laughs> and she's like, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. I didn't think about that at the time. It was just more like, oh shit, how do oh, I don't know if we can continue. Oh man, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, of course, after she left, they decided to make all like the oh, yeah, summoners of and warlocks <laughs> to, and everything. Like, I cast the spell. <laughs> yeah, I try and seduce the innkeeper. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, then I, I probably didn't actually start DMing again properly until uh, they released. I see. I ran a bit of a little bit of Pathfinder. I ran a few sort of on and off Pathfinder games, but Pathfinder DMing like I liked playing Pathfinder. I don't like DMing Pathfinder. At the time, I found it really hard to manage everything. Like, it was fun to mess around in, but actually DMing, I found it really exhausting. Just the, the amount of stuff you've got to remember in that game. It's, it's, I've, like, it's mentally taxing. Um, you know, there's all these little abilities and trying to actually run monsters, like, with using, like, entire stat blocks. I don't know. I just found that really complicated. Um, and so I kind of bounced off Pathfinder as a DM, but loved it as a player. Uh, and then it wasn't until D&D Next came along, so the actual, like, playtest material that they released, and then I was kind of like, oh, this looks, like, this looks really interesting. This looks like it's, a, it's like, it's very simplified. It's very, like, cut down. It's very trimmed. I actually, I, I kind of really connected to that because I wanted something simple, like, you know, experience with 4th edition. I found it pretty complex, and I went to Pathfinder, and that was, fuck me, that was even more complex. But at least... I understood Pathfinder a bit more because I used um, a program called Hero Labs, 
uh, which made my life a hell of a lot easier because it did all the calculations for you. Um, but I had to end up having to pay for that. So that was probably like 140 bucks by the time you buy that and then all the modules and everything that goes along with it. Because like, like they break Pathfinder up into so much. So like every, you know, each Pathfinder book you've got to buy. Separate. It's like Hero. It's like um, uh, Fantasy Grounds. Like you've got to buy like each module for it basically to like load in the different character, uh, different like character subclasses and all that kind of crap. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't until D&D Next that I really got onto it. Um, yeah, so I guess, like, what about your guys? Like, what, like how did you, uh, how did you guys start in, start getting in, into it? You want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, first game I ever played, I think it was year, when I was in year eight or nine, somewhere. Like I think that. just, just, that just was... for the record, Michael, how old are you? <laughs> oh, I'm 27. So oh shit, okay, what, so... Um, We went, what, 2008 or, like, 8 or 9? Yeah, 2008, something like that. Yeah, so, because I'm... <laughs> it goes... It's longer than you think when you actually look back at it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm 20, I'm 26, and I didn't yeah, I didn't get into it really till about 2013. I, f- I, I left school in 2009, which is my year 10. So, you're, if you're grade 7, I would have been early, and that would have been, like, 2006 or 7. Something like that, I honestly... It, as you said, it's longer than you realise when you look back at it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like um, I've always been into all the sort of you know Dark Souls RPG type games where you you know you build your character and then you have the free sort of stat points that you can allocate to have whatever build you 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 wish to choose. Mm. And and my mate showed me like I was never really into Dungeons and Dragons because it had that sort that sort of bad rep at the time, which was. At at the time, at, now that I look back at it, it's just stupid. But yeah, at that time, I was just never really looked at it. And then one of my mates decided to get us to have a quick go with a um adventure that he'd bought. Okay, yeah. Look, honestly, it's one of those things. Like when I heard about it, it was like you know there was video games, and that was already kind of nerdy. And then you had D and D, which was like some next level nerdy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was the uh, the super nerd. It was like the 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 bug collector of the game world. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I, I remember my first uh, the first campaign we were running. I think there was, oof, um, I remember my character. Um, I can't remember what his name was. He was a paladin of. House uh, Kenneth. Oh, okay. With my uh, celestial battle tiger. <laughs> Are you He Man? Sounds sick. Hey, at fourth edition. That does sound pretty sweet, though. Celestial battle tiger. I mean, the horses are nice, but all you got to do is ride around. The battle tiger is a, the, the, is a battle tiger. It's like. a battle tiger. <laughs> come, battle, and, come battle I'm not going to disagree with someone with a battle tiger, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I actually would, because I was House Kenneth, I had my, my plate armor was. Forged from the skin of Warforged. <laughs> so um, the Warforged player uh, with us didn't really like me too much. But he had to rely on me to heal him. Because oh, Warforged healing spells don't work. <laughs> I remember that. But I also remember there was like... Oh, there was like 11 people at the table. And that's when we realized. It was like, we, everyone, you wanted to get everyone in. But you gotta, you got to get that balance. Jesus, 11 people. Yeah, like, it got to the point where it was just like, all right, we're doing, the encounters are impossible because it was like, I think, one action per hour sort of thing. It was yeah. terrible. But once we, once we, you know, 
cull it down to about, you know, six, possibly eight, if our um, backup characters, if our backup guys were there, it went a lot better. Yeah. Actually, speaking of, like, what uh, lungs, I'm interested, like, what, what what's the largest table, like, what's the largest number of players that you've run for, personally? That I've ran for? Most I've ran for is four. Okay, so you've had, you've always had, like, a pretty small group. Yeah. Fuck, man. I think the largest I've ever done was uh, when I was doing Adventurers League when it first came out, and that was... I know Adv- Adventurers League has this thing where it's like minimum, like you know, it's like maximum number of players at the table is like seven. Like that's that's like the maximum you're supposed to have. But my game shop was not running it properly, and they um they completely ignored that. And so I think at one point I was running for about ten people, and fuck, that Jeez. was chaotic. I mean, four gets chaotic for me. Yeah, uh, I I'm so glad I wasn't. I'm so glad I wasn't DMing at that point. <laughs> yeah, my I think the man. largest I've DM for was uh, was uh. Six people, yeah, six people. Yeah, so it was see, pretty good. That's not bad, but they like even depending depending on the players, they even that can get pretty unwieldy. Yeah, um, uh, rule rule lawyers don't always help. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's nice if they pick up on something that you've missed, but yeah. It's, uh, so so it's, when was the um like when when was the first time that you decided to be like actually pick up the screen and run a game? Um, it's when I because I. I it was actually fairly recent, to be honest. Um, oh, okay. I bought the legendary set and beyond, and I had all the all the modules, and never run, no one ever ran them, and I was like, you know what, I want to try running them. Oh, so, so this so this is like well into fifth edition's release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is well into that, but I've always been the sort of guy where it's just like the DM has a couple of ideas and he bounces them off me. Oh, if, okay, yeah, if I'm yeah. playing a character, I don't. Don't worry. play. I don't play. I don't put my knowledge into the character's head. Yeah. I play. What does the character know? Honestly, I think when you DM, like I think everyone has that guy. Like I, I know I've had several over over the course of my DMing history. Um, that I, they've always got that one guy that I'm like, hey man, what do you think about this idea? Even though like they, even if they're playing or whatever, I'm just like just like <laughs> giving away major plot hook stuff being like, what do you think of this? Well, sometimes you have to bounce it off someone oh, yeah. who actually knows 100%. the party so that mm-hmm. it's it's not like, if I try and do this because it sounds cool yeah. and I maybe I've overestimated the party and then you have one of the party members just go, no. Yeah, yeah, well, like, definitely. That That is something that's definitely needed. Yeah. Like, so you, um, do- so, you need so you, that one person that you can kick under the table to steer the party if you need to as well. Yeah, no, you need, need that driver for sure. So you bought the you, you bought you went off and you bought the legendary models and you decided to run one. Which which one did you end up going with? You broke up a little bit. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, sorry. So you you went you ended up, you ended up buying the legendary modules. Uh, which which one did you end up going with? Oh, I just got the full legendary pack. So I've got everything on. Um, thing. Oh, which one I ended up? Um, yeah, like, which one did you end up first? running first? Um, so. First thing I tried to run was the starter set. I tried to introduce introduce a couple of my mates to fifth edition. Yeah, I do play it now, um, but they nice. were pretty set on fourth. Which yeah, I get had, that. And um, <laughs> they, I asked them, "Do you want me to hide my rolls or show them?" Just straight up and fudge rolls, and they were like, "No, just play it as it lies." I'm like, "All right." Um, first encounter: Terry Goblins. No. Five crits later. <laughs> <laughs> Three out of three out of them were all max damage. Wow, uh, <laughs> that one's rough, man. I have heard with that encounter, like that encounter really brought, like divided some people. Some people were like, "This encounter is deadly," 
<laughs> oh, I mean, they, you do have to remember, it's just like, unless you start with an o, like a character who's designed to be OP at start, it's a lot of the level one encounters are deadly encounters. Like, mm. you know, oh, I got hit by this rock, by this one knife. It only does 1d4 damage, but he has plus two death. There's all my, and there's all my hit points, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <end> like, <laughs> especially if, yeah. It's, if you end up with like a bad constitution. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, it is very tricky. And unfortunately, that's why a lot of people don't like doing, like, I've uh, spoken to, they don't like doing level one. But I feel like as... Man, I love level one. In an introduction, having a level one character is... Yeah. Like, with, with Grug, like, the only reason I went crazy straight off the bat with him was because I rolled some ridiculous stats with him. So I played her as if he had yeah. some experience. But otherwise, a normal level one character... I'd do something mm. like Felix, where he's that awkward guy. He's just that with guy. His, <laughs> well, with and, his and also, mismatched armor and he's, yeah. you know, that, that, that is a level one character in my head. Yeah, and, and also, for those that don't know, like, um, Grug, we've actually, uh, you actually rolled better than what you got, and we, we actually dumbed down one of your stats because you were absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you, you started off with, like, a plus 11 modifier bonus once you added everything up. Oh, it was, man, it was, I think it was higher than that because I had three, yeah. three <laughs> 17s and 18 uh, a fifth, yeah, three 17s and 18 yeah. a 15 and a 7. It was, it was pretty, it was ridiculous. We, we, yeah, so we dumbed him down a bit to make him a bit like not quite so Herculean and even though he's, he's still pretty Herculean. <laughs> I mean, it's all Grug, man. Nothing to do with me. Grug does what Grug does. Grug does what Grug does. So did you end up, um, did you end up finishing Lost Minds of Fandelver or did you only sort of get a bit way through it? Uh, what, for the one that you were listening into? No, the, the, when you were just saying, like, you were running the um, Lost Minds of Fandelver for, you, for your mate. Oh, no, 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 that wasn't me. Um, sorry, I was running the starter set thing. Is that the Lost Minds? I didn't never actually read yeah, yeah, the full thing. No, on it. Yeah, so the adventure itself is called Lost Minds of Fandelver. Ah, uh, okay, I never actually read the full um, starter oh. set. I, I only <laughs> got three <laughs> sessions in before I killed them all. <laughs> like, oh, right. <laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough. In my head, it was just, this is how you play. So I, I took only parts of it, really, yeah. and just tried to show them the bits and bobs rather than do the actual yeah. adventure for them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess for people listening, so I am I would describe myself as definitely more of a homebrew DM. Like, I don't really run official material. Um, I've tried to in the past, and it tends to grate on me, just the way it's written. Not that I'm knocking the, obviously the writers of D&D, like, God, I love those guys. They, they do some fantastic work. But just me personally, I can't. I've, I struggle to run official material. I've always wanted to write my own stuff. Now I know I know you lungs. You've um you you, you tend to prefer to run official stuff. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Oh no, I I no the exact opposite. Sorry, I was. Oh, listening. This is, this <laughs> one, you're doing homebrew. So um, yeah. Ma- so Ma- like Michael, you you running you running more home, more um more official material. Let's just say I live by the Barbosa rule of D and D. They're more like the guidelines. <laughs> it's up to the DM to twist yeah. and you know shape them to create something like that diamond in the rough. You know, yeah, like yeah, you, no, that's for you sure, can't for sure. expect every DM to be exactly the same. Like I understand that there's certain things, and like you got the adventurous thing where everything needs to be legit. That's fair enough. Yeah. But if you're doing a home campaign and there's stuff like that. And yeah, you can stick to the game and stuff, and it all works. Mm. But in my head, it's like, all right, this would make sense if this was slightly done this way. 
and this was a bit, a bit more sense to me. It was slightly done that way. And like I, yeah. I like a lot of, I, I suppose you could say, realism in my game. Yeah, so no, I need so trying to find that balance of real realism and non-realism is yeah. it, it's tricky. And unfortunately, the rules as they are don't meet that requirement. Yeah, no, I, I I do understand what you mean in that regard. I I think there is a fine line though between. Because I've, I've one of my old players, he's very much for adding, trying to add realism to the game. But whenever he tries to do it, like I've tried to convince this guy to run for, fuck, I don't know, for, for many years, I've tried to convince him to DM because he's, I think he would be fantastic at it. And the one time he has done it, I really enjoyed it, but he thought it went badly. And so he's kind of like, no, no, I don't really want to do that anymore. But he's the first person to, if you asked him, how would you do something? He's the first person that would want to come up with rules for how that would work. <laughs> But he just doesn't want to run them himself. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, this is how I would do it. You know, if I was, if I was going to, like, I remember he, um, he, he really didn't like how grappling worked in fifth edition. And to be honest, I don't think it's like, it doesn't work the same way that it has, that it doesn't have the same results that many people wanted it to have in previous editions. But he, <laughs> he comes to me with like, two pages of grappling rules because he he's um, he's like he uh, he's done martial arts like most of his life and so he's written all these rules about how grappling should work and i'm like why don't you just run this yourself and he's like no 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 i don't want to do it don't, don't want to do it don't want to do it I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm not gonna run these that. fucking rules yeah i won't lie he sounds a lot like me the only reason i'm stepping up to dm is because I'm just trying to push myself out there a bit more and like i have a full page of all these different things like even my that um spell overcharging rules that i ran past you guys before i love the sound of it it gives the wizards a chance to do something epic Mm. instead of i've used my spell i can't do anything else cantrip 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 (laughs) yeah like it like that can be grating on the thing and i'm perfectly Mm. happy and i can completely imagine say like a wizard just like straining you know he releases a big spell and pushes himself over the limit and then you know he manages to fire it off but then you see that blood trickle down because of just the strain of doing it yeah i, no, totally honestly, I've, I have toyed i've toyed around with something before myself where it was kind of like you start eating into hit points um, yeah, yeah. That they allowed to cast spells yeah no definitely that, that, it does and um, i've never I, actually used it though yeah whilst i can imagine that it can be broken because you get you'll get people mm-hmm. po- popping off ninth you know all this stuff spells but then it's, that's why I also have, like, all right, now that they're straining it and they haven't prepared it, well, now it's just a bit of a, um, a impromptu or what's the word? Spontaneous thing. They have less control over it. Cool. Give it a percentile dice worth like, and um, a chance for the spell to fail. That is something that I miss from Pathfinder. Spell failure chance, spell failure. yeah. It's, it's not guaranteed. It's always going to work. Like, I understand if it's your, mm. say, if, like, you know how the wizards get, like, that the one where they choose a couple of spells, and those are their everyday arsenal spells as they level up. Well, yeah, I understand if those ones can ignore spell failure, but I don't like the way that, oh, I've never used the spell before. It works. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I think we're getting a bit off topic. What we'll do is... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sorry. We'll go back to the original topic. Um, yeah, no, that's right. Um, yeah, so like I said, so you, so you ran you ran a bit of Lost Minds. So what did you move on to after that? Uh, the one I went on to after that was actually Strahd, which unfortunately okay, didn't yeah. get too many... Um, it, it, it came a little bit too stressful on me because of just the... Too stressful. ...time frame of what was going on. I had a lot of things happening for me. No, fair enough. 
but the first the, the first couple of sessions, you know, everyone was loving it. They were all happy with it. And I'm like, good, you know, yeah. that's what I want to see. I want to see yeah. players happy with your work. I don't want to see players who are just disinterested. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, and that, me too. That can like, be I... very, very uh, unencouraging for a DM, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it, there's nothing worse than, like, noticing that your players aren't engaged with your material. And that's, that, like, that's something I've definitely struggled with myself as I've been, like, learning how to, like, DM and definitely get properly, get better properly. And I'm, and guys, like, I'm, I'm by no means, I don't consider myself to be particularly good in that sense. In this, um, like, I mean, I've, and I can say, oh, you know, I've been running games for six years. But when I say that, I mean, I've been, the games I've been running have been pretty intermittent. Like, the longest running game I've ever had was about, oh, it was about seven sessions. Seven sessions spread over, over, like, fortnights. Um, so that, and like, uh, you know, when you hear about these people who've had, you know, games running consistently for years, like I've always wanted that, but I've, that, that's not the reality. Like I've never had that. And that's not just because, you know, I didn't want to run the game. That was because, you know, like shit happens, man. Life gets in the way, you know, you people leave, uh, you know, people can't come certain weeks and so you postpone, like, you know, there are times where I've postponed for, you know, um, months just because people can't, we can't, you know, you can't get a group together. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so like, you know, people have this idea that, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down with my friends and we're going to play. Look, if you're in high school, if you're in school, that is the best time to do that because that's probably the only time where life really isn't going to get in the way. Once people start working jobs and stuff, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Once people start working and, you know, start having families and stuff, man, it's so hard to get a game together. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Especially in person. Like, no offense oh, to yeah, everyone fuck. here. I love in-person games. If it's not, it's not so much the, um, you know, being able to play or anything. It, it's the that extra bit of engagement that you get. It's that social interaction, yeah, yeah, yeah like that, sure. that extra bit. Like I remember, I looked forward to my campaigns where, well, not my campaigns, but whenever I played, I, I looked forward to being able to meet the guys, even if we didn't mm, go mm. anywhere. Just you know, you play the game. Someone bring it's like someone's designated as the cheese and cracker guy. He yeah. brings all those <laughs> was to the sna- table. Was that snack guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you just, and it was just actually just talking and stuff. And then even with the role play aspect, you know, instead yeah. of just having to try and put it all into your voice, you you had you were able to, you know, do something that made it that much more. Um, you can put a physical element behind it. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely yeah. understand what you're saying. And look, I mean, look, I've, I, you know, the longest running game I've played in was an online game, and that was good. But it always, it, you're right, it always lacked that. Um, like, like it was always so easy to get distracted, you know, hop on your phone where like, I know even these days, there's a lot of people that complain about players being on their phone, but look, it's, it's so much easier when you're playing online to just get distracted, to go off and do something else, you know, open a new tab, start, yeah. start browsing something. Um, and look, I mean, I like, I love playing with you guys. Like so far, like, you know, we've, we've had, we've had a lot of fun so far, but hands down, I would trade this for a for in-person game <laughs> if, if it was possible. <laughs> You wound me, but I understand you. <laughs> <laughs> you wound me deeply. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you guys understand that. Like, you know, if you've had that in-person game, you just can't, you can't beat it. Like, there's just not, you can't really replicate that experience. And honestly, yeah, like... it's completely different. Yeah, I mean, even even when I see streamers, you know, and they've got, you know, like, obviously, you know, they've got cameras on. So you can, only, you can obviously see, like, who you're playing with. It's still, it's still not the same. Hmm. Yeah. It lacks that, it, yeah, it lacks that feeling behind it. I'm yeah. a I'm a very like physical DM. When I'm running the game, I'm standing up, I'm Same. walking around the table, and like doing it online, it's sometimes like I'll you know go on voice activation and walk yeah. around, but it's definitely not the same. 
Yeah, no, I do that as well. I've noticed, especially when I run combats, like, I can't sit down. Like, I'm standing yeah. up. I'm, I'm over the table. <laughs> I'm, like, walking around <laughs> behind my players. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I definitely get that. Um, I think, speaking of that, that's probably a good transition. So, Lungs, now, okay. you're, 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 you were one of Matt's, so one of the other DMs that we play with Matt. Um, you were one of his players that has only recently taken up the mantle. Is that right? Uh, other way around. So, I, I've, been, oh. I've been DMing for a, a long time. Well, long-ish time. I have... I've run games a long time ago, <laughs> not necessarily been DMing the whole time since, um, yep. but I got Matt into the game and he has flourished. It's been really cool to see. Yeah. And look, on, it's always good, like, especially when you, you watch one of your players sort of graduate yeah. from you know, being a player to actually running the game themselves and, and knowing that you kind of inspired that. Like, that's, that, that's, that's really, yeah, and like, that's hands down, like, this is why I encourage, you know, I want to encourage everyone, like, you know, if you've got a player that, that you know, has that sort of glint, that you know, that certain spark, <laughs> like try and foster that. Like, you know, you tell like, you know, to get, um, get them to run a one shot or, you mm-hmm. know, just, just, and just tell them like, like you know, you'll, you'll support them. Like you'll like, there's nothing better than having a DM at the table because the, when the DMs like, that's why I love playing with you guys. Cause you guys are straight into it. Like there's none of this, you know, you're not having to worry about like, Oh, you know, they're not really in character. Like DMs will play hundred <laughs> percent. Like they're in character. They're as invested as you are, regardless of what's going on. Yeah, because they they want to give it a hundred percent because they don't get to play very often. Typically, that's the typical experience <laughs> I've encountered. Um, being a forever DM myself, uh, yeah. So look, hundred percent like that is the experience. If you can get someone to to pick up that spark and to just run with it and you know help them out, then that's yeah that that is, for me that's one of the most rewarding things you can do in this game. Yeah, so you know, so you've helped Matt graduate from that. How, so how did you, um, like, how did you start playing? So I've, I've been DMing solidly for around two to three years, um, and I was a player for four to five years, uh, well, two like two extra years beyond that. Yeah. Um, but I, my first experience with anything D and D was uh, back in like two thousand three or two thousand four. Oh wow! So you're an old guy then. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. About speaking that. Of, speaking, I'm of actually that. the youngest here, but you know, is it, really, really, yeah, twenty five. <laughs> wow, you're a seasoned veteran at 25. <laughs> Fuck me, man. All right. Making yeah. me feel old now. Michael's over here going, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Better bust out my Zimmer frame. Yeah. So I, I, I played an online session with some Americans on an IRC client, of all things. Wow. Um, it was a one shot that was like, uh, I think it was third edition, not even 3.5. So, uh, so 3.0, not. Th- okay. I'm yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 3.0. And that was, uh, it was just like a one shot. We had all, we had a bunch of like level 20 characters. I had no clue what I was doing. It was great. <laughs> um, but that lasted for exactly one session. And then yep. uh, the IRC server died. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was outside of any sort of, sort of game until uh, sort of like early high school, which would have been 2007, 2008. Fuck. So hang on. How? 2003. So what you would have been like. I was very young. I was like, uh, like 12 or 13. 11 maybe i don't know no hang on so 20 yeah no, no, you, yeah. yeah yeah you would yeah you wouldn't have been that yeah you would have been like, like no yeah that yeah. was uh, less than 10 i don't know somewhere around there um yeah but so early on in high school i had a, a few friends who were like you know we were the nerdy group in high school it was there's no way no two ways to say it and uh i was i've always been very interested in, in that role-playing game sort of thing ever since like that moment in online with the with the yanks and so i was always like hey guys let's let's play and then uh you know they always were, would find excuses or weren't interested we, we did eventually play a yeah. couple games but uh no one knew what we were doing and they, they fell apart pretty quickly so that was like that was yeah. my that was my first 
experience beyond just like you know saying I attack the demon on IRC. Damn. Look and look, I've honestly I've had the same experience. Like sometimes, like you do, you just you start a game, you play for like a couple of sessions, and then that's it. It peters out, and you yeah. know people can't get in together. And that for me, that like that. That is for a DM. That is one of the most frustrating things. So, guys, if you do get a game, if you do get a game going, and that does happen, do understand that that, from our experiences, that is somewhat the norm. Um, people do tend to fade off after yeah. a few sessions. Um, I mean, look, we even had one of our own play. Uh, you know, I started with with um, uh, those who don't know, lungs actually replaced someone else. Although, unfortunately, he he had to bail out due to his own um, personal issues. But and and that 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 just happens. Like you can't you know you can't be turned around and say. Or, you know, put your shit together and come play. <laughs> like, you yeah. just got to deal with it and move on. At the end of the day, it is a game, and sometimes people just don't have the time for games. Yeah, yeah. Especially not consistently. Like, like yeah. I said, you know, you you play for, you might play for one or two sessions, and then they just, they just you know, they like, oh, thanks, guys, it was fun. Um, You know, I can't make next week. And then it turns into, you know, they've missed three games in a row, and you're like, are you coming back? Oh, I've just got <laughs> stuff on right now, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, no worries. Yeah. But then, uh, so... After that, that sort of episode in high school, there was a, a pretty long break as well. And then in 2014 or 2015, I had a, a friend who was running a game for about a year or so beforehand come to me and say, hey, look, we had to kick one of our players because uh, mm. they were being a jerk bag and they were, you know, distracted on their phone all session long and then uh, threw something at the DM when they uh, oh, wow. did something wrong. So they were like, hey, uh, hey, Lungs, come, come play. Guys, I, I jumped at it. It was uh... don't throw shit at your DMs. Yeah. <laughs> just well, I, yeah. I don't. I, I feel it. like I have to rephrase. I should rephrase that. Don't throw shit at people, regardless. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm saying this. Don't throw things. Like, what are you twelve? <laughs> I'm remembering this because there's a story of this DM went to this guy's house. Absolute dick bag of a DM. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Oh, I remember reading a story in America, like, I think someone got shot over a game of Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, I mean, of course, this is, Ameri- this is America. Like, oh, I, think yeah. the, I think it was the DM that actually got shot. Like, one of the players wasn't happy, and they, yeah. But so, don't throw things. Don't shoot your DM. <laughs> if you're unhappy with a decision, talk it out like an adult. Sorry, let's go, go on, let's continue your, <laughs> no, uh, your right. recap. <laughs> I'm enjoying these little diatribes, it's nice. <laughs> um, Prolongs my habit. So... <laughs> So uh, I played in that game for about a year or so, and uh, around like around a year in, I was like, I was starting to get that itch, you know. I, I was like, yeah, I can, I, I can feeling. do this. I can, I can run a game for this. I can give my DM a chance to play. Mm, mm. Um, so I started working on a homebrew world, uh, and then about a year later, I ran my first session, and that went uh, about as well as it had any right to, I think. Um, as well as you'd expect yeah (laughs) yeah it wasn't great but it was you know a first session of someone who hasn't really properly dm'd for a very long time yeah and uh, i think a lot of people that take the you know they want to get into it like they have that fear where it's just like oh you know especially now now i think now it's actually worse because obviously you've got people like you know matthew mercer and a lot mm. of other bigger streamers out there like um like um, i personally don't watch uh, you know i've watched a bit of critical role and i've watched um, the chain of Acheron, which is a uh, MCDM Matt Koval's group, which I, I love Matt Koval. Matt Koval's my bae. Matt, if you if you ever listen to this, <laughs> I'm here for you, man. Um, but <laughs> look, I, I most of the people I haven't really experienced, but I because I, I I just haven't had that like watching watching a stream for me. I just can't do it. Like I mean, I, I enjoy the bits that I have seen, but 
I don't know. It's just something about it. Like I can't, I can't sit down there and slog through like three hours of gameplay and then be like, mm. yeah, let's do another episode. I just, I'm just like, <laughs> guys, I've got other things I need to do. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think now it's worse than ever for people because like you know before it was just you know you had that fear of being ostracized by your friends. You're like, oh, I don't want to run the game. You know, what if they don't like it? And everyone's going to call me shit. Um, and then, but see, now you've got, you know, obviously these big figures that, you know, they're running for like, you know, million, you know, they've had thousands or millions of views in some case. And now it's even worse. Like, oh, you know, I'm not as good as, uh, I'm, I'm not as good as Matthew Mercer or I'm yeah. not as good as Matt Covel. I'm like, guys, <laughs> no one's telling you you have to be. <laughs> like, well, sometimes, everyone, sometimes they are. And that's the, I think that's the worst part. That's the worst. Yeah. I mean, Players are like, why aren't you doing it the way Matt Mercer does it? I think, well, why I'm aren't you Mercer. doing... F- 400 unique character was because I'm not a voice actor. Look, <laughs> much as I'd like and to being be. able to remember oh, all those voices too. Yeah, look, as someone who does do voices, and it's taken me, it's one of those things where I had to kind of just jump into it and accept that I was going to be shit for a long time, and I'm still <laughs> not great, especially when it comes to remembering how certain voices and. Because I've been editing the podcast of late, that is particularly more apparent because I'm listening to back to myself and I'm like, okay, this character sounds kind of consistent. And then, you know, you go away and you come back in a bit and I'm like, okay, this character sounds completely different. Let's, <laughs> How am I going to- Let's uh, not only, not only that, let's also point out the biggest thing about why people aren't Matt Mercers. It's literally his job to run that campaign. He has the time mm. and the resources. And he's also he's also an incredible like he's an experienced yeah, voice actor. He's been he, doing voice acting for a lot longer than he's like well, I mean, maybe not a lot longer than he's been playing, but for almost as long as he's been DMing, he's also been a professional voice yeah, actor. So no, he's been no, he's mm-hmm. been DMing since I think he said twelve years old or something like that on on yeah, a thing I wrote. But like um it, it is it is I can probably guarantee you that before before he got into the role of being able to do what he's able to do nowadays, he was wasn't as good. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand, and it's why it goes in hand in hand with the context of professional DM DMs and mm. paying them. Mm. It's like, all it comes. Yes, it's like if they go around telling you that trying to start up a game and then telling you to pay, that's wrong. But if it's like, if you expect yeah. really high quality stuff, if you get it for free, well, good on you. If the DM has to write up a brand new story for you, collect models, do all this stuff, make scenes, you know, and mm. then build a world around your character. I mean, him asking a little bit of fee, in my opinion, is not that bad because he has to spend that much yeah. time to do it. Yeah, 100%. And look, one of the best games I ever played in was um was a face-to-face game and but there was this was much later on, like this was much later on when I started playing um and DMing this uh like this guy, like he'd um he'd been playing since like second edition. Like he had a whole like he had a, he had a shed at the back of his house. I'm not talking like a little, you know, like a wood shed. Like he had a big he had like a big shed that he'd converted into basically this massive man cave. You went in through you entered into the shed via like a hobbit hole that he'd handmade. Like a had like a circular door that he'd cut out and built himself. Um had a fireplace, had a table and chairs, bookshelves filled with old modules and dungeon dra- like dun- um, dragon magazines for those who aren't familiar, it was an old uh, magazine back in the 80s and 90s. Um yeah, and 
he, he built terrain. Like, like he'd go out into his backyard and collect like sticks and stuff and turn like he's using like the um like graded foam and he'd turn that into trees. Man, like he he had a massive miniature collection as well. And this, but this guy had he'd been a kid and he'd been like a you know accumulating this stuff over like literally decades. Um, but you know he didn't he wasn't really big on voices like he didn't do that. But just the fact that he had all this other stuff like that to me that was mind blowing. I'm just like holy shit! Like th- this is some next level gameplay. Like I, you know, I, th- I thought I had like a decent game, and I got nothing on this guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, so the, like just that, that, like the, but the thing is though, like D and D is is whatever you want it to be. Like you know, if if you want if you want to run it with miniatures and you want to have all these terrain pieces, then you know, that's good for you. If you don't want, if that's not what you want to do, then that's also fine. Like when, when you know when when you get players who come into it and they're like, you know. Oh, you know, I'm why you know why don't you have miniatures and all you know these guys online use miniatures or why aren't you building terrain? That's when you turn around, and you tell them, and go. Well, if you want that, then by all means, build that and bring it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you, you you have to set the expectations for your players early. I mean, I mean, obviously for you guys, I haven't really had to have that conversation because you know you you run games, you kind of already know what to expect. But if you're you know if you're a new DM and you've got these players who are telling you that you know you need all this stuff to play, you you, you don't you don't you really do. you you could play. <laughs> With a pad, a pencil, some dice, and that's it. You don't even mm-hmm. need a rule book, really. Your monster tokens can be as simple as little cutouts that say one, two, three, four. Or you can use gummy bears. Like there are stories, you know, back from back in the day, people were using like gummy bears, M and M's, like whatever you have on hand, that's good enough. Every D and D game is beautiful. Exactly. Like it, like D and D is not what you use to play. It's the act of playing. At least for me. At least personally, for me, that that's what it is. Oh no, that that's a hundred percent. I'm just going for the for the total mini route because I love miniatures. Yeah, hundred percent. And th- that's that's just one aspect of the hobby. You know, you've got you've got the guys that are into you know, like there are some seriously insane guys online that will show you how to build terrain for cheap. I've watched a few of them, and I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> a lot of it comes down to finding the right foam, which unfortunately I have yet to find. Oh, because yeah, the little shit melts once you put paint on it. No, no, no. You need to get the you need to get the foam that's hard enough that you can press on it, and it will leave the indentation. Mm. Unfortunately, all the foam I can find around my area is um, too soft, and I don't want to go looking into ordering ordering stuff overseas because then it can get a bit pricey. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I can bootleg it with other things, and just and it'll still have the same appearance. Like, but yeah. You know, it, it it is still like a bit, a little bit of a process to make. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, lungs. I think. Uh, so we were talking about your 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 little introduction. Oh, so you've now you you're saying that you're primarily running, obviously, your own material. What what made you want to like sit down and write your own stuff? Um, initially, it was to prove that I could. <laughs> as, you, um, as you do. Yeah. So the the DM for the the game that got me into it again in the first place. He's got this, you know, this whole world with like six years of lore that he's written up. Not wow. like not six in game years, I mean six consecutive years Literal of writing. Years, yeah. Yeah. And so like I was playing in that game and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I want to do this. So initially it was just to prove to myself that I could and then eventually I it was just fun. So I just kept doing it. Hmm. Like hmm. I've I've looked at running official stuff before and it's always just been like, well, I could run this or I could just run my own thing which is going to be way more personal to me and 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 i'm more passionate about it so it's going to come through in the game i feel 
And like, I, I have nothing against running official modules at all. I, like, if that's what you do, more power to you. It's great. I want to play an Estrad game one day, but uh, I don't think I'd run one. No, that's fair <laughs> enough. I am more than happy to run one. <laughs> I still have all the stuff I put aside to do it. So who knows? Eventually, maybe I'll run one of the games for us. I'll put it out there. If I don't see why not, we can't every now and again have a bit of a rollover. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I mean, I have I've played in the Curse of Stride campaign, and it was fun. And um, we had a running tally of all the characters that it was di- that had died. And unfortunately, I had to I had to leave that game because I had to move. I moved into state. Um, but at last tally, I think we were up to twenty two. <laughs> That sounds awesome. The Uh, funny thing was, 22 characters had died in that campaign. We were about probably a third of the way through it. And about 12, six or seven apiece belonged to just two players. (laughs) I I was one of those players. I had legit lost about seven characters in that one campaign. Were there any characters left from the original party? Yes. The funny thing was, we did. We had two characters who were this running consistent group. Well, in, well every other week, there was a new guy <laughs> coming along. We're like, I've come to fight for Barovia. Next week, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Next is the week after, I've come to fight for dead. <laughs> Barovia has a lot of nationals for some reason. Yeah. See, no. a, lot of pe- a lot of people wandering into Barovia. <laughs> Law-wise, I'd say that's the sa- the soul of the same person, just jumping from body to body. Reincarnated, yeah. Well, I mean, Barovias have no souls, and the only souls in there are just the ones that recycle. I'm yeah. here to avenge my brother. Problem. I'm here to avenge my cousin, my <laughs> second cousin See, brother, twice removed. That was the only issue I had with my Stride campaign. One of them died. One of the players died. Every one of the other players, I told them, I'd set the scene, you know, death was, you know, a reality here. Mm. Things that prevent death are super rare in this area, especially because Strahd can just say, no, your miracle doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, so one of them died as they were escaping the death house, and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. All right, I have a plan of how I can bring him back. You know, I'd spoken to him. All the other players are like, oh, you know, we'll go buy a 500 gold diamond. Da, da, da. I'm like, <laughs> good luck. In the outside world, like, you guys need to understand this. In the outside world, a diamond that size that can be used for this ritual, sure, it would be 500 gold worth. Mm. How much is a diamond like that worth in Barovia? where they have a limited area to mine, bringing objects in and out is super hard. And Strahd probably controls anywhere where it's mined anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, like anything that's like, I think in the lore, there was like, there's only one scroll mentioned in the lore. Only one. And it, mm. it specifically says that this is the only one. Yeah. And um, it's like, guys, I understand you don't want to lose your character, and I'll mm. try and work out something with the actual player. <laughs> but except, yeah, when I had mentioned to, when I introduced the game and what we we're running, I told you death was a serious matter. Yeah, and hundred percent. And obviously, from my own experience, that's definitely true. I mean, I think when we when I ran through Death House, uh, I was playing a cleric at the time, 
and in our party, our monk, and we had a monk and a, uh, a human monk and a gnome wizard, and the gnome wizard was killed in that first adventure. He got impaled by an animated broom. Um, funnily enough, in a broom closet, because for some reason we all decided to fight this broom with three of us in this broom closet, and he was at the front. He happened to he happened to get impaled and die. And then in that same adventure, um, when we encountered a ghost in the upper floors, um, our ranger had his arm cut off. Um, uh, in that adventure, uh, and he was a bowman, so that was particularly detrimental to him. However, he continued to play that character. He continued to play a one-armed bowman for a good like couple of months, and we're all just like, "Shit, you're really not playing!" Like, you, like he, the, the thing is, like, he, he he fell hard into that whole. Like, he really played up his whole, like, he was useless. Like, he, in every fight, he was completely useless. He's like, guys, I can't, like, I can fight one-handed, but I can't shoot a bow, and everything I've got's into shooting a bow. Sounds like a great time. Can't, couldn't he have traded into a crossbow? Well, you could, but things like, I think most crossbows, you still need two hands to hold. They're still lo- they still have the loading property. No, they have the, um, a lot of crossbows have the foot ground, with, and you can load them with one hand. True. I, don't, I honestly don't think we just um. I, I don't think we we ended up finding one, and no one was selling them. I, I think that was just a, that was just a DM. The D, like um. Yeah. I think that, that that player did end up having to leave though, because he had some he had some life stuff that came up. But yeah, he just played this bowman for ages that just he couldn't shoot a bow. Oh, props to him for <laughs> yeah. Props. Yeah, it's just like... Props to the rest of the party for not leaving him in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. So th- that was that's what actually happened to the other guy who died in mine. He <sighs> lived they... in a ditch. He had to leave early that session, so he handed control of his guy to one of the other characters. Mm, mm. And I was like, oof, all right, well, it's only the final part of the death house to getting them out. Yeah. Most yeah. dangerous part, but he did. He said himself to me, like, without the other guys hearing, he doesn't mind if his guy lives or dies. If it happens, it happens, as long as it's not a yeah. stupid death. I'm like, oof, all right, I'll do what I can. They had him... He got hit by a swarm of rats, and he went down. And the paladin standing right next to him, that still had lay on hands, decided to run instead of picking him up. And so I was like, and the druid decided, no, I don't want to leave him in this house. I'll get him out. You know, I'll get his body out and lay him to rest properly. Yep. So later, after I told him he died and I went through with him, you know, what might he want to do? He got back to me just before the next session, saying he can't make it. He a couple of other obligations have come up for him. I'm like, fair enough. Uh, feel free to join back in whenever you're free. Yeah, so what I happens. ended up, yeah, <laughs> no. But what I ended up doing with his character, they buried him. They buried him in the graveyard without performing any sort of oh, rituals. Oh, God. They came back. So I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> I will have him appear as a right later on to fight the party. That's pretty sweet. Seeking vengeance Perfect. for how he was left to die. That's 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 perfect. And honestly, I think on that note, we probably have to call it there. Um, look, guys, thank you for joining me tonight. I'm, I, you know, I'm really glad that we actually had, you know, we could sit down and actually have a chat about um about our individual games and our individual experiences. Um, we should be back, hopefully, playing uh <laughs> playing regular, picking up with a brand new adventure uh, that I just released on our Facebook page on the Instant Adventurers Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, I recently put together an album of all the adventures I've currently released, so you can go grab them there. Nice, easily convenient. I've pinned it to the page for you. 
Um, so, look, okay, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Lions. Um, I said, hopefully, we'll be back as per normal. And um, yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy, Happy New Year. Looking forward to it.